0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Iodeli Speaks. I'm Iodeli Harrison, proud to be with you guys today. So um, I heard my wife wife say something really dynamic today that I wanted to share with you all. And she's basically uh, was on a call talking to um, a client in a a community of practice she's a part of. And um, she started talking about uh, what does it mean, right? Or to be a racial equity practitioner. And, you know, that's a question that she gets a lot. And we've been talking quite a bit because, you know, when we say that a racial equity practitioner, you know, people think there's there has to be a, a mountain of knowledge. Right. That you have a mountain of content and, you know, researchers and you've read and you've done all this work and you continue to do this work. And, yes, that is important. Right. But we all And we also have to understand that it is a a lifelong journey. It's you're ever developing, you're ever practicing and trying and making mistakes and doing better and learning how to do better. But ultimately, you're still a learner, right? And so what she did was she said that there were, you know, three things that like are foundational to her practice, right? Um, that she's found just over, I, mean, I don't know how many years, two decades she's been doing this work. And there were th- the three things that she shared for the foundations for racial equity, for a racial equity practitioner, right? One is noticing. The second is holding space. And the third is accountability. So noticing is one of our, the most fundamental things where it's like you notice, you feel in your body through an experience, maybe direct or reading, something doesn't feel right. Something isn't really aligned. Something was said, you know, an image was passed by, uh, a sentence was written, whatever that was, right? And you, and you get a sense that there's, there's, there's something not quite on, right? And so that's the, the first sense that we work on tapping into fundamentally, right? And, and part of the, the reading and the feeling into things is about connecting to that sense that's innate in us that many times has been we've been disconnected right i know for me as a black man in education but a black man in the u.s you know um growing up as a boy a lot of my training and conditioning as understanding what manhood is understanding who i am as a male as a boy was about disconnecting me from my feelings like you, you, you boys don't cry. Right. Suck it up, toughen up. And everything that I learned was about connecting to the aggressive side, especially as as an athlete. Right. And so for that, if you feel pain or any type of feeling other than the joy of victory. Right. Everything else is kind of just shut down for the for the sake of the goal that's to be accomplished. So it's it's this disconnection process. And so with this noticing, so what we have to do to become better noticers is through our reading, through our understanding, through our practice, is connecting more to our feeling. Because many times we can feel a situation isn't quite right before we might know cognitively. So there might be, and we talk about this in the compassion training that I teach, the mindfulness compassion training I teach, is that there's affective and cognitive. Affective is that that sense of feeling, right? Cognitive is like I I register in my thinking, in my mind, something's not quite right. And so we want to connect to that effectiveness and cognitive so that, boy, it's almost like a, a racial equity spidey sense goes off, right? And that's something we're trying to cultivate, right? If we think about people wanting to become you know, allies in this work, wanting to grow, you know, why feels like, well, how do I get better at this? Well, what you're trying to do is feel into these moments and the lectures that you go to, the trainings that you participate in, the space that you engage with, connect with people of color. As you begin to learn about these experiences, you get a, you get a chance to tap into these feelings and you start noticing things. Right. Might not quite understand why, but your spidey sense is going off. So the first one is noticing. The second thing is as you're and these, these aren't all just necessarily linear, right? Like these are, these are things we're, we're constantly practicing. Right. And there's no like, oh, okay, I've mastered this. Now I can go on to that level. No, we're, we're practicing all sometimes one at a time, two at a time, maybe all three at a time. Right. So the second thing that I said was about holding space. And this is holding space for yourself right in this moment. So you've noticed that something has happened. Now, how do you hold space so that you stay in a very balanced, open, clear thinking space? Right. How do you notice your feelings and manage that so that you can still be available and present for whatever might be to come, whether it is to address the challenge, whether it is whatever that might be. But then, also learning how to hold space for the other person to experience the feelings they're experiencing, right I know that in in this practice like one thing that I found when I was learning about racial equity and and how to be a facilitator is sitting in spaces where there are participants, and I'll specifically speak like white folks, white women processing their 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 feelings, processing their misunderstanding, right? And I remember I was in a session a few years ago and a woman basically said, a teacher, aspiring teacher said, I still don't know why I can't say the word nigga. Well, okay, we know that's a moment. And the whole room was full of about 40 folks of of, uh, mixed race, various identities across, very diverse in that way and just kind of blew up, right? And so what the practitioners had to do in that space was figure, how do we hold everybody together, right? How do we hold everybody together? But that's a prime incident of, if this negative thing has come off, right? How do I hold myself? What do I need to do to care for myself? And with Community Bill of Interest, we have a practice called C, Breathe, B, right? Notice C, notice. Breathe through it and then do what you got to do to keep to keep your well to be right. That might be to step away, whatever that might be. But you have to hold space for yourself. And as we begin to become facilitators, we're training our skills on how do we hold space for other people? What container was we create maybe in a one on one situation? Maybe it's in, you know, a small group or it could be a whole, you know, uh, space. I remember I was one day having a conversation, you know, I was uh Having a Zoom meeting a couple of years ago. This was this was prior to. I was on a phone call. It was prior to COVID, and I was in this uh, very public place, but it was it was pretty much empty, right? And this woman came up to me with her child and was like, "I just heard you on the phone, and you're you're very articulate, right?" And this was a white woman, uh, young white woman, and she meant it as a compliment, as many do, but you know, as we know, uh, background information that. Black folks aren't, especially boys, aren't seen or viewed historically as intelligent people. And so when you say the word articulate, it, 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 it's, it's rooted in the fact that people don't necessarily believe that we can speak that way. Right. And so in that moment, that was a, a, a not positive interaction. But because I was practicing holding space, I figured out what I needed to be. Right. So that I could take care of me. But then also I thought it was a learn. It was definitely a teaching moment for this woman. Right. For, but I had to when I when I raised the fact that this is the, this is the, why your statement that you made was problematic. She was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Well, I got to know how to hold her in that moment. Right. As a practitioner you know, not, and, and hold her is, 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 is be aware of her emotional space and what she might need during that. Some people say, I don't really care what they need. I'm going to just go in. Okay. But if we're a racial equity practitioner, we have to understand how to hold space for folks. And then that leads to the third step, which my wife brought up, which I'm so excited that, that she shared. And she just, just My wife Natasha is just brilliant. She just rattles these things off because it's just this way of being. I'm like, you got to start recording yourself more on these conversations. So the third one is accountability. Right. So not putative accountability, but accountability. Right. How do we now? So we notice something has happened. There's a way of being something we saw, whatever. We want to hold space for ourselves and the others that are involved with this. We got to have some skill at doing that. And then we also got to have some accountability because we're not just going to let people off the hook and go willy nilly. Right. But I got to have the other two in place to be able to navigate that. Right. And so it's like, how do I now begin to put accountability measures in place or, you know, to, to make sure that people understand, like, you know, here's how we're going to work around this here's how we're going to be able to address this particular challenge or issue or concern right holding people accountable because 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 we want we want people to grow and be learners in this space well the only the, the the number one way you can be a learner is to hold them accountable right in various ways or help them get to a space where they can be held accountable right with practitioners who can really help them you know I think one of the one of the things that I, I often think is, is, is a lost opportunity, and you know, granted, I, I don't know every situation, but you know, there's, you know, a couple of years back, there's, you know, there were some um, students, mostly white students um, at various universities who said, you know, made racial statements, they either said it or wrote it on something, just really had some, some racially charged negative situations happen. And as a result, maybe, you know, they were dressed a certain way, wearing blackface at a at a at a school event, you know, at a party or something like that, or said something in a meeting, whatever that might be. And the accountability measure that they had was, I guess, after some conversation, I don't know the, the full story, but the student was asked to leave, was expelled from the school. And this happened on multiple occasions. Right. And. That is a measure of accountability, but are we sure that the learning is happening? Now, this that might've been the final straw in their academic career, that they were on a, you know, a behavior plan or whatever that might be. So I can't say if that was the right move or not. I'm just trying to lift up the fact that there's different ways to hold people accountable. And I wanna make sure that we are honoring the folks who've been harmed, but then also, trying to, in that holding space, honor the person that's there to help put them on the path for greater learning. And is it expelling a student, because that situation, is that warranted? Is that helpful in the long run? And who is it helping, right? Is it perceived to be helping the student? Is it helping the community? Or is it helping the administration not to have to deal with this person, right? And, 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 and push back against this narrative that they're or push this narrative that they're, they're a, an equitable, loving, equality institution. And so sometimes the accountability comes because it's an organization trying to save themselves and distance themselves instead of being what I, you know, what I thought. It's an institution of higher learning, higher learning, higher learning. So. What better place to. It's not that there's not what better place, but, you know, that's a that's a that's a phrase is a statement. But you would think in a place of higher learning, there would be a community that could surround this young person to where they don't get expelled. Now, again, I don't know the full situation, but it's like I'm hoping that that was an option on the table of accountability. Like, hey, we're going to learn about this. Right. You got someone like back. I don't know how many years ago, but Donald Sterling and, you know, he was recorded saying, you know what he said. He was a former earn or owner of the NBA uh, basketball team, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Right. And he was caught on tape speaking very derogatory towards black people, specifically black men. And he was forced to sell. And again, whether that was right or wrong, I just wonder what other measure of accountability. So he got he, you know. had to sell the team so one he he got money for selling the team i think i would imagine because he sold the team and he was you know the main shareholder of it (laughs) so he got money for it so it's almost like okay he got money for it but where's the learning what are the other levels of accountability that exist So anyway i'm going on but 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 i i think you hear what i said like it was just this you know natasha's going to be releasing a blog and we're going to be talking about but this more in 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 um the first quarter of 2022 um but this this idea of what are the foundational practices of a racial equity practitioner right because you know we're we're no no one can be a full-on expert no one can have read everything but there are three things that we could be doing to enhance, increase, improve our practice as racial equity facilitators. That's noticing something has happened, some event has occurred. Boy, I just noticed something, my, my, my spidey sense went off. The second thing is holding space. How do we do that for ourselves, for others? It's emotional space for ourselves. The third is accountability. How are we holding ourselves accountable? The community in which we're in, the, the you know, the potential perpetrator or the system that perpetrated this. Accountability is important. So I just thought that that was a really cool thing that she brought up and is foundational to our work because I know for me at times I felt like I don't have all the answers, right? And I can't lead. I can't stand in front of people and be a facilitator and, And have and host these conversations if I don't know everything, you know, because, again, my conditioning as a black man, my socialization was that I got to know everything. I, you know, not know everything, but like I have to be confident because if I'm not confident in what I know, then there's a weakness. And so what I've done is I've avoided taking up leadership roles, being involved in certain spaces because I felt like I might not have uh, known enough. And I think I think we all we all experience that. Like we want to know more of this because I got to tell you, there's more books to read. There's more podcasts to listen to. There's more lectures to hear. There's more being in community with folks that we can do. There's so much more we can do. But we, we you know, it, we have to be responsible, but no, but not um, what's the word hang ourselves or beat ourselves up for not knowing everything. But we can know ourselves. We can know how to notice when something is not right, when we're experiencing something, when we see a community member experiencing something. We can work on holding space for ourselves and others. And then we can figure out and work with people in collaboration and partnership to develop accountability building measures. That's the foundation of an equity, racial equity practitioner. Anyway, hey, I'm on my evening walk. Uh, well, I don't have an evening walk, but I didn't get a morning walk in, so I'm on an evening walk. So um, this is a, a new one for me to be able to get out. I, you know, I, I, I was eating way too many cookies today, and I was like, I cannot sit down for the rest of the evening and have all these cookies without having taken a walk. So thank you for taking a walk with me on this episode. Again, I'm Ayadeli Harrison. This is Ayadeli Speaks. Until next time, I wish you all the best. Peace.